Welcome to another big match build-up show. And this episode is once again sponsored by OneFootball. Do make sure you check out the excellent free OneFootball app to be notified of all the latest match facts, stats, live scores and news all in one place. Check out the OneFootball app by clicking the link in the description. So the end of this season is finally at the end of the road. Three games to play and Bournemouth visits St Mary's this Saturday. An extra point on the board at Watford, though slightly disappointing, frustrating in the manner, but it is another point, although we're not quite mathematically safe. A win on Saturday will almost see that certainty. So coming up on this weekend's match build-up show, I chat to the excellent, irreverent League 1-10 blog, and we want to find out what Ralph has exactly been feeding Shane Long over the past few weeks, especially after his record-breaking goal. And Bournemouth fans online, they're a bit of a rarity, almost as rare as Bournemouth wins at St. Mary's. But look, the Cherries, they're safe for another season, but will they be building sandcastles at St. Mary's this weekend? Ralph's got him playing well at the moment, and even though he's not starting every game, he's obviously full of confidence, and, and when he gets the ball, he, act, he actually looks like a striker who will score now, which he hasn't done for the best part of two years. So mm. whatever Ralph's doing... Long may it continue. In 2018, brilliant. 2019, awful. Uh, we got enough points by Christmas to practically be safe. But yeah, we may be on the beach. I would hope that the loss against Fulham is going to give the team a kick up the backside. Um, and we would just want to give you a game. But it, we're such a Jack and a, a Hyde team at the moment. We've got no idea who's going to turn up. As ever, then, the episode is available to download. If you click on the card above my head, if you're watching on YouTube or available on more audio platforms below, the show and of course do let us know where you're joining us in the world i'm loving the comments from all across the globe and but for those closer to home do stay tuned for some more travel news ahead of kickoff from the north heading into southampton get involved in the comments with your score predictions but for now let's kick off our southampton versus bournemouth big match build up show So welcome along then to this first half of this Bournemouth big match build-up show. Joining me on the line once again, uh, if you're not a fan of swearing, then uh, please adjust your your TV sets right now. Uh, join, joining me from the very sweary, irreverent uh, League One minus 10 blog, Glenn Delacour. Good to see you again. How are you, mate? Yeah, not bad. I, I feel like with the build-ups you give me, I, I should just miss out all the other words and just, just swear <laughs> for about half an hour and then we can be done with it. But... Uh, no, no, try not to. It got told off by my dad a while ago. So, um, yeah, I'll try, I'll try and keep it relatively clean anyway. All right, excellent. That also gives us the clean rating on iTunes. So, double delight. Anyway, <laughs> let, let's let's start off then with, uh, obviously, Tuesday night, uh, fresh in the memory. Uh, I suppose we did postpone this chat because we wanted to know what happened at Watford. Otherwise, we'd yeah. have a little bit of egg on our face where it looks a bit silly. But there was some extraordinary moments and, and, and really start off with a fly Shane Long with the quickest goal ever in Premier League history within 7.69 seconds yeah never doubted him myself uh, <laughs> no I can't I can't say that with a straight face I mean what can you say I mean that that's what he does he closes people down 99 times I think he said himself 99 times out of 100 he doesn't get the block in or it hits him and, and flies off for a goal kick or, or flies anywhere but I don't know where it hit him. Uh, it must must have been a soft part because it just bounced exactly where he needed it to bounce. But 
you know, a few weeks ago, you certainly wouldn't have uh, put money on him finishing like he did. Uh, it was a brilliant finish. Um, you know, and that, that early in the game, it's just, it's just a brilliant start and fair play to the guy. You can't knock it. Yeah, it was a composed finish, just a little dink over Ben Foster as well. Like you say, fortuitous that the ball kind of fell nicely for him and all he had to do is put it over the keeper. I mean, let's own it. Let's own up to it, though. We have publicly slated him on various different channels, podcasts, and God knows what else. But what on earth earth has Ralph been um, feeding him recently? It's unbelievable. Uh, Three goals in the last four games. Well, it's, it's like I said, at the start of the season, if he'd have had that chance, if he'd charged down the centre-back and had that chance, he would have missed. Without a shadow of a doubt, he would have missed. He'd have either hit the goalkeeper or it would have ended up in Rose Ed. But Ralph's got him playing well at the moment. And even though he's not starting every game, he's obviously full of confidence. And, and when he gets the ball, he, act, he actually looks like a striker who will score now, which he hasn't done for the best part of two years. So mm. whatever Ralph's doing, long may it continue. Well, yeah, exactly. And I suppose you could go back to, you know, Ronald Koeman. We got the best out of him because of the, the approach that we had, the high press and, you know, really paying dividends once again under Shane Long. Yeah, I, I always I always felt that under Koeman, when he did well, you know, we had a much better team around him. So he wasn't, he didn't have to carry all the goal scoring threat himself, which the striker kind of has to do with the, with the current team that we've got. So if you've got, you know, Pella around and Tadic around and Mane around. It kind of, you know, helps the helps Shane in this case help helped him play a lot better in 2016. He struggled as every striker would under the two three previous managers that we've had. You know, we're we're playing a more attacking way, a more open way now, and you know, and it obviously suits him. And I guess it also put the pressure on his shoulders to 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 be that lone striker which he was employed under the last sort of three managers, and I suppose that reputation that he held. Was it the four goals in, in four different managers? Well, I mean, some of it was deserved. I mean, let's, you know, we can't get away from the fact that, you know, some, some of it was deserved. Um, it seems to be more the case with, um, with football these days that, you know, a striker has to play, has to be able to play on their own. Um, and, you know, if you can get players around him, like we're getting Redmond up and, up and around him and we're getting players breaking from midfield, it's, um, you know, it, it, it's good news. And he seems to be... I mean, I didn't think he could improve, you know, at 32, I think he is. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there was any improvement to be had, but it it just shows how wrong he can be, really. Great for Shane Long to get on the pitch once again, but it was 89 minutes we held out for, and I suppose the game will be remembered for, of course, yet another late goal, another game that we've lost points from a winning position. Yeah, it was, well, eight, 89 minutes, we didn't, we didn't just hold out. I mean, the reason we didn't win this game is because we didn't bury them. Um, we should have scored at least one more in the first half. We had great chances in the second half. And it's not just missing chances, it's butchering openings. You know, I mean, I don't want to pick on the guy, but, you know, Jan Valery in the second half, he beat a guy down the wing. There was an easy ball back to Ward-Prowse on the edge of the box, totally unmarked. And he kind of hit it in between Redmond and Ward-Prowse and it went over the other side. It's, It's that sort of thing, that kind of lack of composure, lack of quality that means that we don't put teams away that we should be putting away. I was quite encouraged in a way because I think we were the better side. Watford are going to probably finish seventh this year. They're going to qualify for Europe. They're in the FA Cup final. And it, it just shows with just a little bit of improvement, we can easily be as good as they have been this season. And I, I find that sort of quite encouraging because, I, you know, for me, we were the better side yesterday. And, um, yeah, I'm fortunate not to win. But... Uh, 
infuriating, I think is the word. Yeah, frustration again, you know, a game that we were, I suppose, uh, in in confidence that we were going to go on to win the game, but once you know, I suppose we invited Watford back into it, and they finished the the, the game as a as a better side. But I suppose the bottom line is, it's twenty five points dropped from winning positions, a season high. Yeah, it's one of those. This is one of those things that you can't shift it straight away. They, they, there's no manager who can suddenly wave a magic wand and completely eradicate that. You, it's obviously been a bit of an epidemic this season where we, we have thrown away so many, whether it's fitness or concentration or whatever it is. We, I mean, for me, what happened last night is that we just seemed to get a little bit ragged in defence for the five minutes leading up to the goal. And then I, I saw a still frame on Twitter of, um, of Gray sticking the ball in the net. And you can kind of see Yoshida's kind of in the right place. Um, Bertrand's not even in the shot. Um, Stevens is in the wrong place. It just gets, it's obviously got a little bit ragged, whereas for a vast majority of that, that game, I thought the defence was really solid. And uh, yeah, it's just un- unfortunate we can't uh, can't close these games out. But we got a point, and I think ultimately that will be the, uh, that will be good enough. Um, it would take a kind of spectacular series of results for us uh, still to go down. So uh, it's very important, and I suppose if you if you asked us all before the kickoff, you know, we, I suppose we would have been satisfied with a point against, you know, like I said, that team that is probably going to finish seventh. The last couple of years, we've got a good record up there, haven't we? In the last last couple of years, we got we got done with the handball last year to draw, and we won the year before. So I was kind of expecting us to almost get a result out of this game. So I wasn't surprised that that we played well, and I, I think we deserve to win. It's just it's just it's just frustrating that. Uh, yeah, it could have been a uh, could have been a great a great evening, and we could have uh, really enjoyed Saturday. Whereas uh, whereas now we've just got to uh, go out there and uh, do the business, and it it might be it might be a bit nail biting. It shouldn't be, but uh, you know, there's a little bit more on that game than there would have been if we'd held out. Yeah, I suppose let's not be hasty though. I mean, I won't oversubscribe. I won't subscribe to the overreactions that I've seen some people really going no. laying into the team after after the result on Tuesday night. I suppose. If we look to Bournemouth last season, um, we needed a catalyst in Dusan Tadic, two excellent goals in that 2-1 victory. And I suppose that really gave us the momentum to kick on and uh, and, and help us stay up. Yes, it did. Um, well, Bournemouth helped us out as well because they, they beat Swansea the following week, um, which which certainly helped as well. So, uh, I mean, I, I actually work in Bournemouth and uh, the, the fans of theirs that, that I've spoken to have... have they've basically written off Saturday already <laughs> because they're, they're just expecting a, a, you know, I think with Bournemouth's current form, um, that Brighton game aside, I think uh, they're expecting another no-show from uh, from their team. So uh, hopefully that'll be the case and it can be a be a comfortable one. But you never you never know with Saints, it's never how you expect it to be. Is it? <laughs> Absolutely. I think a lot of us know that by now, having followed Saints for, for you know, best part of our lives. But I mean, I suppose Ralph has also sprinkled some stardust and a host of players though this year. You know, it could be anywhere that could be the catalyst. Nathan Redmond's perk type have gone for a bit of a purple patch over the turn of the year. Well, Prowse equally over sort of February, March. And, and at the moment, it looks like Shane Long has got that, that sprinkle in his, that spring in his step. If I think back to the managers that we had, the, the last one who I remember sort of coming in and getting more out of the same set of players, I remember Glenn Hoddle coming in and inheriting Dave Jones's squad and suddenly players, you know, he didn't sign anyone, but suddenly, the you know, certain players started playing better. Um, 
some of the players that came up with Nigel Atkins, Pochettino got them playing better. And, you know, and, it, and it's happened again this time. And that really is how you, um, how you should judge a manager. What, what can, you know, who can get the most out of the resources at their disposal. And he's, uh, he's done really well with a number of players. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, players like Romeo have, have played better as well. And so is Yoshida. You know, they, they've certainly, and Vestergaard improved, has improved from his first half of the season. So there's, there's a, it's, it's not just the obvious ones. There's, there's been a few that, that, you know, slightly more understated who, uh, who have improved also. And I just think it, it speaks volumes for, you know, how important this, uh, this manager has been. Because yeah. I think if, I'm not, I'm not sure we would have been down already, but we certainly would have been pretty close to where Cardiff are. Um, if if we hadn't changed the manager or if we hadn't got the appointment right, uh, I suppose if you if you talk about uh, personnel on the pitch on Saturday, obviously we missed out on Vestergaard um, for the last two games. Valerie did return against Watford, but I suppose when Valerie came back into the side, the shape was 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 more sort of structured. We we seemed more we seemed more comfortable whilst Valerie was a natural right back. Yeah, I mean, I I thought Ward Prowse did very well. Um, I was kind of dreading him being at right wing back again after what had happened at Newcastle, but I thought he did very well. But you're right, as soon as Valerie came onto the pitch, we we looked kind of slightly more solid, um, whether it was just familiarity. Um, I have to say, I thought Jack Stevens played well um, yesterday as well. In the main, there was a couple of hairy moments, as there always are with him, but in the main, he played that left-hand side and he, he slotted in quite well. I mean, from what I'm gathering, Vestergaard, it's kind of a, a wear and tear of a, a long season. Um, they used to say this about Ricky Lambert because he was such a big guy, is that, you know, they're more prone to just wearing out over the course of the season if they play too many games in a row. And that seems to be the, the, the implication with Vestergaard. So whether he'll be back for, uh, for Bournemouth, I kind of suspect he will be, actually. But... Uh, yeah, hopefully we can get um, get the get the first eleven out on the pitch. Yeah, and I guess if I suppose if you, if history speaks for itself, Bournemouth, like you say, never turn up again at St Mary's. But let's not be complacent, though. You say it never, it never, it's never easy being a Saints fan, and it's never going to be a given that we will win on Saturday. But it most certainly will seal our safety if we do take that three points. And hasn't Hooters urged the team to to finish the job this weekend? Yeah, and I, I think that's right. I mean, it's. It's interesting Bournemouth this year because they've had kind of the same season as they had last year, which is they get to sort of January and they've got about 32, 33 points and it's, are they going to push on and finish 7th, 8th, 9th or whatever? And then they fall away horribly and then you begin to think, oh, actually, they might make a late, a late bid for relegation and they, they, they win a game again and they end up they end up surviving. But it's interesting that the, the first sort of questions, I think, are being asked about Eddie Howe now and, you know, can he still motivate the players has he gone stale? Has he been there too long? All this sort of stuff. And yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I think they've got something to play for because if they lose to this weekend, Fulham, wasn't it? They lost, they lost at home to Fulham. Um, and apart from that Brighton result they had, which was a bit of a freak one, they, they've been pretty poor the last sort of couple of months. So they've got something to play for. Well, the, the club has, but whether, whether the players are really up for it, I, I don't really know. I mean, I think it goes to prove that, that you know the non-derby status of this game because they you know they've never looked particularly more bothered than they they have in any other game. But, um, but in, going back to last year though, I mean we won that game two-one. But Bournemouth, I don't know if you remember, they they had a right go in the last ten minutes and they they could easily have equalised in that game. Mm. Uh, and they've got some dangerous players. I mean 
Wilson and King up front. Uh, uh, they're both good players, but I feel this game will be won and lost in midfield. If we can cut out the supply to those two, I think we'll be fine. All right, well, good stuff, Glenn. Good to speak to you. And uh, I suppose sign us off with a score prediction. I'll take, similar to the Wolves game, I'll take 3-1 for this game. 3-1 to us. Quite confident. And confident we'll stay up as well. That'll pretty much seal it. And I suppose the goal difference is a huge difference with, with Cardiff as well, I suppose. Just a few new, a few final words as well. Obviously, Franny Benali sets off on his uh, uh, mad challenge on Monday. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that? And uh, I suppose, you know, your thoughts on, on, on the challenge itself. <laughs> Franny Benali is the same age as me. Um, I actually played against him when, I were, when we were 14 um, so, and obviously watched him his entire Saints career. It's an insane thing to do. There's a lad at work who does Ironmans, and and I told him about it, and he just said it, it's ridiculous to even <laughs> to even think you can do that. Um, but Benali, being what he is, he thinks he can do it. I'm sure he will. It's it's just it's, it's insanity. I you know. I, I, I got injured refereeing a game of football, you know, let alone, so let alone actively taking part. So yeah, fair play to the guy. And every time he does these challenges, it annoys me sometimes that the, um, the, the sort of, let's face it, he played in an industry where there are a lot of very, very wealthy people mm. and bearing in mind, you know, if I don't know, someone like David Beckham got behind it or, you know, just any high-profile, big six-style footballer got behind it. What a difference that could make! But, uh, but yeah, he seems to uh, he seems to be he seems to be happy with his lot, and uh, I'm sure he'll break a million pounds at the time and fair play to him. Yeah, and all for a great cause as well. But uh, you know, obviously, uh, how can we find you online? Uh, the, the League One minus ten blog. Um, the easiest way is just to Google League One minus ten. Um, I, that, that, that seems to bring it up. Uh, I'm on Twitter at L1 minus 10, um, usually spelled in rubbish. Um, after after every game, I always put these um, Michael the players out of 10 just so people can argue with me. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care what people what people argue about. Um, so yeah, you can find me all over the place and quite easy to find. And uh, yeah, thanks very much. Great stuff, and we'll catch up with the weekend, mate. No worries, pal. Cheers, Ed. <laughs> Great stuff again there by Glenn. Uh, find him over on the League One minus ten blog. All the links are down below. But if you don't like swearing, then it's probably not for you. Anyway, uh, before we head to our second half, uh, time to tell you about some of your travel news and more nuisances on the South Western Railway Network this weekend. If you're coming into Southampton on the train from London or other cities, then there are bus replacements from Eastleigh onto Southampton Central once again. Excellent. Somebody tell me how many times I've announced that this season. I have lost count. Anyway, on to another quick note before we move on. Uh, of course, this Monday, uh, club legend Franny Benali sets off on his third ultra endurance challenge. This time, I am Fran. It's seven Ironman triathlons in seven days, hoping to raise £1 million for Cancer Research UK, a worthy cause, no less. Uh, you can donate £5 or £10 quickly and easily by texting FRAN5 or FRAN10 uh, to 70200. Please pledge what you can. 
help Franny out and you can check out our chat with him available to download as a podcast. And if you want to donate directly to his fundraising page, you can click on the card that's on screen right now on YouTube. So time now then to move on to our second half. Find out if Bournemouth fans think they'll be building sandcastles this Saturday. So welcome along then to our second half of this Bournemouth big match build-up show. Joining us on the line, I suppose our regular Bournemouth correspondent, and they are pretty much a rare breed to chat to us online and on video. Uh, Sam Davis, good to see you again. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well, Freddie. I suppose, um, you know, the uh, Bournemouth correspondent's almost as rare as uh, Bournemouth wins at St Mary's. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't happen, does it? But hoping that all will change this weekend, but who knows what team's going to turn up. Well, it's, I suppose if, if you look at it statistically, it's 41 points in the ball for Bournemouth already. You know, you've secured your safety for next season. And in fact, you secured it sort of the weekend before last with the emphatic win at Brighton. Yeah, that's right. It was a really good win. We've had a terrible run of form in 2019. There's been these sort of individual results that have wooed me somewhat, like Chelsea 4-0 at home and then the Brighton 5-0 match that's sort of maintained my interest. But me uh, and a number of Bournemouth fans just want the season to end because at the moment it's just really frustrating to see the players effectively on the beach. And you're not far from the beach, really, are you? I mean, that's quite, <laughs> quite, quite uh, I suppose, a, a, a relation, I suppose. But, you know, you, you followed up that 5-0 victory uh, against Bournemouth with a whimper at home to Fulham at the weekend. Yeah, that's right. Poor performance. We had our chances early on. We usually start fast. We did. We didn't take our chances that we had. Uh, Fulham, you know, to their credit, were very dogged um, and they stuck in. But uh, yeah, we just weren't at the races at all. Um, Our injuries, again, seemed to blight us all the time. Uh, There was some stat on Twitter that said how many injuries we had, but it was was ridiculous. I think the highest in the Premier League. Um, I don't know if it's down to our training or what, but we seem to be plagued every, every year. And then at Fulham, we were playing four centre backs in defence, so it you know it wasn't great, and uh, I could I couldn't even tell you who's going to be starting at St Mary's because there's probably going to be some more players cropped in the week. Who knows? Well, that, I suppose that comes to my next note. Actually, I've got the statistic here: it's 47 injuries reported this season alone, and you know recently you've been blighted by defensive injuries. You know, centre backs filling in at right back, and also you've seen rotation in the net as well between Boric and Begovic this season. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Begovic has had some poor performances uh, recently, some individual errors. Uh, I think he's top of the charts for individual errors that lead to goals. And uh, Boric, uh, you know, I think it was a bit uh, unfortunate for him that he was dropped in the first place. But he's come back in. He's done really well. He pulled off a cracking save, actually, on Saturday to... uh, you know, to keep it nil-nil in the first half. Obviously, it all went wrong in the second. However, yeah, you know, Boric is our number one, but we are aware of his age and we will need to replace him and probably Begovic very soon. It's going to be a big summer for us. Interesting as well. And also Bournemouth, you know, actually not afraid to splash some cash and also some Saints fans almost often looking at Bournemouth and asking why we aren't spending 20 million on defender either. Yeah, um, you know, recruitment's been uh, very interesting for Bournemouth because, at the, you know, at the start, I, I, don't, I don't think it was that great. But yeah, we are spending big money now, but we are uh, buying players that are proven like Nathan Ake now seems like uh, an absolute steal, uh, whatever he was, around 20 million. Um, we've made some astute signings like David Brooks, 12 million from Sheffield United, who's done really well. I think he's been nominated for, uh, you know, Welsh PFA Player of the Year or something like that. But there are rumours that a number of players may be off in the summer, which is uh, scary. Uh, 
Ryan Fraser, Callum Wilson, Nathan Ake, they're all linked and they form the spine of our team. Um, so that's why this summer is going to be massive for us. And I suppose you've still got some of that core that you, you kind of got promoted with. You know, you've still got Steve Cook, Simon Francis, some of the other defenders. I mean, Charlie Daniels as well recently, you know, been in and out of the squad. How many of those do you think you will see, I suppose, at the start of the new season in August? Yeah, it's very difficult because players like Charlie Daniels and Sam Francis are in the sort of um, the late end of their career now. Um, I, you know, they are blighted by injury. They will be coming back next season. However, surely there can't be many more seasons left for them. Well, you know, one maximum. Um, you know, if we do lose uh, players like Wilson Fraser and if players like that are towards the end of their career, that's why next season it's going to be worrying. And, you know, we're fans are mentioning the R word already, which is mm. absolutely scary. But, you know, in Eddie, we trust. Uh, so we just hope that um, we can make the right signings to sort of keep us afloat. That's all we need to do. Just tread water, uh, you know, build our training facility in the background. Once we've cleared the land for that, there's opportunity for a new stadium. Um, but obviously being in the Premier League is paramount. You know, you mentioned Eddie Howe there. It's 500 not out for for, for the manager now. Yeah, and he's he's keen to build a legacy. What's the point in this Premier League era if you're just going to uh, you know pay people's wages and not build something in bricks and mortar? But yeah, he's been around for 500, 501 games now. Awesome what he's done for us. Uh, you know, he has his errors, of course, uh, but we wouldn't have anyone else. And uh, I don't think anyone else could have done the job that he's done. Yes, we've had money. Um, however, the way he's uh, got uh, sort of players new and old gelling and performing on the pitch, sometimes some uh, sublime football. Um, yeah, credit to him. And, uh, you know, I think our end of season form dip has maybe taken the interest of him off from clubs like Spurs who he was touted with uh, not so long ago so in a way this kind of rut that we've been on probably does us good to keep hold of Eddie Howe. I mean would you say as well Eddie Howe's quite I suppose rigid in his in his uh, shape and his and his tactics I mean you've literally got no fullbacks for the the weekend I mean of course there could be somebody returning in midweek but yeah. <laughs> equally there could be somebody again cropped I mean you played four centre-backs at the weekend, but could you be forced into a new shape of three at the back that we've seen sort of right across the Premier League now? Yeah, um, we you know we could well do. I mean, we hope that Adam Smith's injury um, is minor. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, you know, left-back, we have got Diego Rico, but he's, he's got an injury as well, so whether he's going to come back, I don't know. It's... It is bizarre. I have got no idea what's going to happen. But, yeah... Um, he can be fairly flexible, Eddie Howe, but, you know, he, he has got faults and that is, uh, you know, when we're losing, we just seem to chuck on strikers. Mm. But then that's because we're limited in options. There's not a midfielder that we can put on that will, you know, affect the game. So uh, sometimes it seems very gung-ho, but then, um, you know, I quite like that. It's a bit exciting. Yeah, people, you know, fans love that, I suppose, equally, whatever team you support. I mean, so summarise it this uh, so far this season, you know, obviously only a few games to go. Um, obviously, I think you like to say Bournemouth could well be on the beach when they visit St Mary's, but there still is a possibility that Saints can leapfrog Cherries by the end of the season. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, summarising our season, 2018, brilliant. 2019, awful. Uh, we got enough points by Christmas to practically be safe. But yeah, um, 
we may be we may be on the beach. I would hope that the loss against Fulham is going to give the team a kick up the backside, um, and we would just want to give you a game. But it, we're such a Jack and a, and a Hyde team at the moment. We've got no idea who's going to turn up. We would love to be romping to a three 0 win at St Mary's, but um, you know, equally, you know, you lost your previous game as well. So it's going to be two teams that are um, intent on you know making their fans happy and give them something to cheer about. Um, I think it could be an entertaining game. I mean, it was almost a year ago to the day that, at the weekend that uh, I suppose that yeah. game gave us momentum. Two excellent goals from Dusantelic as well. Luckily, we're in a healthier position, and who knows the result on on Tuesday at the time that we're recording. We could well have a point from Watford, and I suppose a win against Bournemouth could really see us safe and here for the next season. Yeah, you know that's right, and it's a. Uh... It's a good rivalry, uh, one that I hope continues. I do love an away day at St Mary's, up on the train, having a few beers, etc. Um, but uh, it would just be so nice to get one over you on your own ground. We, you know, we nearly did it a few seasons ago when Harry Arter skied that penalty. I, I still don't think it's landed. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it would just be nice for um, a decent team performance, win, lose or draw. Mm. Okay, so so sign us off with them with, with a score prediction. Um, obviously, the, the record speaks for itself. Bournemouth's, uh, I suppose, attempts at St Mary's, and the last time, I suppose, you've only won once in the Premier League back in uh, you know 2016. But before that, it was almost sort of 30, 40 years. So not 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 too good a record. No, not great. I, I think if I'm gonna, um, you know, my head, and my heart say different things, but my head, I'm actually gonna go for a two-all draw. I think yeah, we're capable of scoring. Uh, so are you guys. Um, hopefully, an entertaining match to um, to end the season. And sometimes Bournemouth don't bother t- turning up at St Mary's. Yeah. Uh, but good to speak to Sam. I suppose uh, a few things to come next season as well. Just uh, I suppose tease us a little bit for the return of your podcast. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's going to be, um, it, it, it will be returning, uh, you know, new YouTube channel. We've got a YouTube channel with all our previous podcasts, but we're doing more video content. And uh, yeah, we're severely underserved in the Cherries world on social media and YouTube and stuff. So uh, yeah, there'll be a brand new YouTube channel coming soon with lots of reaction, you know, very similar to yourselves. Good stuff. Good to speak to you, mate. And uh, we'll speak to you next season. Well do. Thanks again then to Sam, our regular Bournemouth correspondent. Do look out for the return of his show next season, the Back of the Net podcast, and for some Bournemouth videos next season too. That does wrap it up though for this weekend's match build-up show. Not long to go now then for Saints, but what will it be at the weekend against Bournemouth? Let us know your score predictions in the comments below. Can we secure our safety? Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening along. We'll be back on Saturday for some fan reactions. But for now, only one thing left from me is come on you saints.